are you thankful for his faithfulness today? Amen. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Amen. Again, I say what an honor and a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord with you today. Amen. And we are so, so very delighted that Brother and Sister Wilson are here. We've told him he can play, he can sing, he can run and dance and shout or whatever he wants to do this morning and this evening. Amen. We want him to have liberty here. We know that he has prayed for this weekend. And we want to trust that God is going to do something great. And we want him to do whatever he feels this morning. And there's a church here that's going to get behind him and support him. Amen. And get with him. Amen. Would you welcome him with a hand clap of praise as he comes this morning? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Why don't you stand one more time? I know we just sat down, but we're just going to do some Pentecostal, I don't know, aerobics or something right now. Amen. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Come on, one more time. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus in the room and lift up your voice, God. We worship you. We praise you today, Jesus. You're worthy of the glory. You're worthy of the honor, God. We lift up your name, Jesus. We lift up your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, I'm going to sing one song I've given Brother Andrew, the, the song back there. Amen. How many know that God can do anything? I said, how many believe that our God can do anything? Amen. If you believe that one more time, why don't you put your hands together and give the Lord some praise? We worship your Lord. Hallelujah. Can I have a little more of the monitors, a little more? not be shaken and we will not be moved even in the trial we'll put a trust in you we're standing on your promise that just shall live by faith you can do anything when we take the limits off you cause you are God Oh, you are able, you can do anything when we take the limits off you, cause you are God, you are able, you're able to do anything, come on clap those hands if you know he's able, standing on your promises hey the church shall live by faith yes they will you can do anything limits of you you are God you are able nothing too hard for you you can do anything when we take the limits off you. You are God. You are able. You're able to do anything. 
Come on, I wonder right now if you could just take the limits off of God in this room and say, God, I'm going to praise you for doing my miracle because you're able to do anything. So we will praise you in advance like the victories in hand. Know when you are not a man that you will lie. If you say victory will come by our faith, we believe it's done. We receive it. We receive it. So we will praise you in advance. So oh, yeah. Yes, I will. That you will lie. Because Jesus, if you said victory will come, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to trust in you, Lord. So we will praise you in advance. We're going to lift up our voice in worship. Yes, we will. Hey, that you will lie. If you say victory will come. By our faith we believe. We believe it's done. Cause you, you are God, you are able. One more time, say, oh, you can do anything. Hey, cause you are God, you are able. We declare it in faith. You can do anything, yes, you can. You are God, you are able, you're able to do everything. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and give God praise if you know he can do anything. Come on, somebody just lift up your voice right now if you know that God is able to heal and deliver and set free. Oh, God, you're able to do anything. So we're not going to wait till the battle is over. We're going to praise right now. We're going to shout right now. We're going to worship right now. Oh, somebody lift up a shout of praise. Come on, if you need something from the Lord, somebody lift up a shout in this room. serve a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever ask or think. But you know what it says, it's according to the power that works in us. That means sometimes you got to praise when your back is against the wall. That means sometimes you got to praise God when, when you've cried yourself to sleep the night before. But can I tell you, when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, when you begin to praise him in advance, can I tell you, miracles, signs, wonders, deliverance, healing, breakthrough. It'll come to where you are. Amen. I don't want to wait until I get what I need from God to thank God because I might be waiting the rest of my life but when I praise him and worship him 
in faith believing that he's going to move, can I tell you, that's when God begins to move. That's when things begin to happen. If you believe that, somebody clap your hands one more time and give the Lord some praise in this place. Woo. Amen, amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord this morning. What a tremendous honor it is for my wife and I to be here with you all. We are just overjoyed to be here and just so very thankful for the presence of God that we felt here this morning and this entire weekend. And uh, we're just extremely honored to be here. We give honor today to your pastor, Brother Hughes. Can we give Brother and Sister Hughes thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. We honor them, their tremendous leadership serving the kingdom of God, amen. I, um, you know, my, my prayer has been, as a young man, um, God help me to be faithful. Because when you're young, uh, you, can, you can have the potential to uh, clamor and reach for a lot of things that maybe uh, in the end don't really matter. But if I can just be faithful, if I can just be faithful in my prayer, pray for, faithful in my devotion, faithful in my tithe paying, faithful, can I tell you in the end that faithfulness is going to pay off. And we honor the faithfulness of Brother and Sister Hughes. Amen. Just being faithful, being faithful in the end, this is the result of just faithfulness. This is, this, that's what building a church looks like. Just faithfulness. In the good times, you're being faithful. In the bad times, you're being faithful. And we honor them and their faithfulness to the kingdom of God. And we also honor your assistant pastor, brother and sister Long. Can we give it up for them today? Amen. Amen. And uh, it looks like the children have already been dismissed. But shout out to Remy and Cohen and Camden, they, they missed out on my shout out. I, I was saving that for them, but those are, those are my buddies right there, and I, uh, I honor them. And it's just been such a tremendous honor to be here with, uh, with the Long family this weekend. We, we love and appreciate them already. Just met them this weekend, but we consider them and count them to be friends. Uh, so it's just been an honor for us to be here. Amen. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 33. And we will read one scripture you're hearing this morning. Didn't this worship team do an awesome job? Can we give them a hand for the Clyde T and his amazing team? Amen. We honor them. Amen. We were, we were at the Long's house last night and just got to hang out in the presence of God. Just came into that home last night. and Man, it's just so refreshing to be amongst people that... Um, believe that Jesus moves beyond the, these these four, five, six, seven walls. You know, that's the way they did it in the Bible. It was in people's homes where the presence of God would fall and people were getting the Holy Ghost and bap being baptized in Jesus. I, I don't know about you, but I long for, for a return of that. I long for that to just start happening every day, every week. Amen. I believe that's the will of God. Amen. Such an incredible time we had last night. Honor the music team. 
Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 26 Bible says there is none like unto the God of Jeshurun who rideth upon the heaven in thy health and in his excellency on the sky there is none like you who rideth upon the heaven in thy health. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on this topic today. Home is where the health is. Some might say that home is where the heart is. But I want to preach to you today that home is where the help is. I want you to put your Bibles down. Let's pray together, shall we, God? I pray in Jesus' name that you would move in this place. I feel the unction of your presence, Lord, even now. I feel the anointing of God even now beginning to rest in this service. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would continue to manifest your power and your glory in this place, Lord. Minister to us, O God. Speak a word that would change us, O God. Speak a word that would build our faith to know that you are for us and you are with us, O God. Lord, we take dominion over any spirit that would exalt itself above the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And we release your power, your anointing into this room. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. One more time, put your hands together and give the Lord praise in this room. may be seated in the presence of the Lord. They were home alone, just she and him. She turned him in for molesting her sister. Horrible, horrible situation. But instead of him getting in trouble, they'd instead turn her sister into juvenile detention and she was now left all alone with her stepfather. Little Sharon was absolutely terrified because as he'd informed her, there was nowhere for her to run and nowhere for her to hide. There was no one to hear her because she was all by herself in a house alone with him. And she knew, she just knew. That that night, he was going to take her life. And as she lay in her bed, literally paralyzed by the fear that had gripped her, she simply whispered these words. God, if you are real, you've got to help me. And at that very moment, She felt an overwhelming sense of peace begin to surround her. 
It was almost as if she could feel arms wrapping around her and she was no longer afraid. She could hear her stepfather coming now down the hallway and as he got to her room, it was as if something literally pushed him back. He began to curse now in a fit of rage, frustrated that he could not come in but determined he tried to enter the room once more but could not as something again pushed him back and prevented him and yet again a third time he tried to enter but could not pass through the doors of her room because you see little Sharon in her moment of desperation had cried out unto the Lord for help and he had heard her Can I preach to us in this room today that we any of us find ourselves in the same position as little Sharon was in, in trouble. It may not be domestic abuse. It may not be something like this, but maybe it's a financial crisis. For some, it may be a temptation that we're dealing with perhaps on our phone that we just can't seem to conquer. Maybe somebody is dealing with anxiety and depression so dense and so dark and so deep that you feel that if something doesn't change in your world that it'll be better for you to end it all. And you've thought to yourself, I wish somebody knew. I wish somebody cared. I wish somebody would come down and help me. I've come to preach to you in this place today it's not time for you to give up you don't need to give in because we serve a God that's in this room right now I said he's here right now and he's come to help you you don't have to live another day in depression you don't have to live another day in fear but our God he's in this place and he wants to help you if you'll do like little Sharon did and you'll begin to cry out unto the Lord he's just as close as the mention of his name somebody if you cry out to him he will He will help you. Is there any witnesses in the room that can testify? My God is a God that's able to help you. I need your help in the room. Are there anybody? Is there anybody in the room that can testify? Come on, I was a drug addict. I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to turn. But my God came down in the nick of time and picked me up and turned me around. Come on, I shouldn't be here. But when I called on to the Lord, he came down, he delivered, and he helped me. He's in this room right now to help somebody. Some of us are going through things we don't want anybody to know about. We come in here, we put on our good face, our good happy face put on our good clothes, our best suit, and act like nothing is going on in our world. But I've come to tell somebody in this place today, you've been struggling in private, you've been crying in private, but God sent this preacher today to tell you, you don't have to suffer another day alone. But if you'll cry out unto the Lord, the Lord's here right now. The Lord knows exactly what you're going through. The Lord knows exactly what you're facing. And he's here right now to minister to you. He's here right now to turn your life around. Right now, our God is here to help you. 
See, that's why the devil didn't want you to come into the church house this morning. That's why it's been a struggle for you to pray. That's why it's been a struggle for you to get into the house of God because the enemy knows if they come into the house of God, this is the one place where, I can, where they can experience help. This is the one place where they can be forever changed in the presence of God. Because let me tell you something, when you come into the presence of God and God begins to move, can I tell you, you can't help but leave changed. You can't help but leave, deli- come on, when you truly allow God's presence to fill your heart and fill your soul. It begins a change in your life that the devil can stop, that the devil can block. Come on, I'll come to preach to somebody today. You need to let God help you because when God helps you, there's no devil in hell that can stop what he's doing. There's no devil in hell that can block what God is doing in your life. The devil is a lie. God's more powerful than sin. God's more powerful than disease. If you lift up your voice, He will help you in this place. Come on. I said he's still in the healing business. He's still in the soul saving business. God hasn't gone to sleep. God hasn't retired. But he's still in the business of delivering and setting free. Oh, are there any witnesses that could testify? Come on. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he did it for me so he can do it for you. Uh, He's a God that's going to help us in this place. Deuteronomy chapter 33, our scripture text. We find Moses at the conclusion of his life. He's been... A good leader to the children of Israel, albeit not a perfect leader. See, his disobedience to God by striking the rock instead of speaking to it has cost him his opportunity to taste of the milk and honey which flowed in the land God had promised him and the children of Israel. Yet Moses finds it in himself to move beyond the pain of his mistakes And pray a prayer of blessing over the children of Israel before he dies. He goes tribe by tribe and prays a prayer of blessing upon them all. And at the conclusion, he begins to glorify God. And in verse number 26, he says, There is none like, O God, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help. Moses says, There is no God like my God. Not because he's a God that is all powerful and he is. Not because my God can work miracles and he can. But there is none like my God. Because he is a God who will help me. We were slaves in Egypt. But God spoke to me through a burning bush. And said he was going to help me. Then I had a Red Sea in front of me. And Egyptians behind me. But God helped me. We were in the middle of a desert. With nothing to eat. And nothing to drink. But God said quell for us to eat. And made water come out of a rock. For us to drink. Because he's a God. That will help me. 
how come the preacher somebody in this place uh, there is no God like our God there is no God like the God Jesus uh, and the reason there's no God like my God uh, it's not because he has all power and he does uh, not because he has all authority and he does uh, but what makes my God so special is he's a God that's not up there with his arms crossed uh, looking at us squirm uh, in agony and pain uh, but he's a God uh, that's actively involved in our lives uh, he's a God that'll get down in the church get down in the mess and bring you out he's a God that will help you come on come on I said he's a God that's gonna help you he's a God that's gonna rescue you he won't leave you alone he won't leave you or forsake you but he'll be right there to help you right now the devil's tried to tell you that God doesn't care about you the battle that many of us are facing is not the belief that there is a God but the battle that many of us in this room are facing today is the battle of believing the lie that the God that has all power and authority, will not and is not willing to help us. But I've come to tell somebody in this room right now, I've come to preach to every spirit that's been lying to you, that's been discouraging you, that's been telling you to give up because God doesn't care about you, the church doesn't care about you, your family doesn't care about you. Can I tell you the devil is a liar? God does care about you and he's in this room right now. But you got to begin to move. You got to begin to take some action. You got to move beyond your doubt. You got to move beyond your fear. You got to move beyond your mistakes and say, God, I open myself up. I need your anointing. I need your power. I need you to come down and help me. And I've come to preach to you. He will. He will. He's a God that's going to help you. He's a God that's going to deliver you. He's a God that's going to bring you out. Oh, somebody rejoice for that right now. He's a God. You know, I, I might not. Some of you are going to say, ooh, Brother Wilson, what are you saying? I just got to be honest with you. I don't know if I would serve a God that didn't want to help me. I just got to be honest with you. I don't know that I would serve a God, Brother Long, if he was not able to take away my sins. If he was not able to deliver me and set me. That's why I don't understand why people serve a God. That, that's a little statue. And I understand people have their religions and I'm not trying to disrespect anyone's beliefs. But I, I just can't understand why you would want to serve a, a God that can do nothing for you. I, I just don't understand why you want to serve a God that has no power and authority. But can I tell somebody Jesus is not like that. Our God is not like that. He's not a God that's sitting up in a mosque somewhere. That 
that can't do it. No, 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 no. But he's a God that even though you can't see it, he's moving in your life right now. Even though you can't feel it, he's shifting things around to help you, to turn your life around. I know you're I know your situation seems impossible. I know the odds have been stacked against you your entire life. But don't you give up. You're just about at the place where God will help you. reason I serve him, the reason I dance, the reason I worship, the reason I rejoice, it's because he's helping me. He's doing something in me. He's working on me. I might not be there yet. I might not have it all figured out yet, but he's with me. He's for me. And if God is for me, there's nobody that can be against me. Oh, somebody needs to dance on the devil's head right now and say, devil, I'm not giving up. You tried to take me out, but I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not giving up. I'm not going. Because he's with me. He's with me. He's for me. He's getting ready to show up and help me. Oh, somebody worship right now. Oh, somebody rejoice right now. I'm coming out because he's going to help me. I'm going to be delivered because he's going to help me. My family's going to be saved because he's going to help them. Uh, He's a God that's getting ready. He already is helping us. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 46 and 1. He says, our God, our God is a refuge, our refuge and strength. I mean, if you know what it says, a very present help in trouble. Very present. If you search into that, that doesn't mean that he's just there. But very present, that simply means that our God is a well-proven help. God is not a novice. God is not a beginner. Can I tell somebody, God has proven himself to be a helper. His reputation precedes him. He's helped people since the moment he created this world. Since the moment he created humanity, he's helped people. That is just who our God is. And if he's done it before, can I tell somebody, he can do it again. He's a very present help. He's well proven. And I come to tell somebody in this place, you can put your trust in him. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to fail you. He's done it before. He's proven. I said he's proven. He's not going to let you down like they let you down. He's not going to leave you like they left you. But God has proven. He can be trusted. He can be depended on. He's a well-proven help. The enemy would try to lie to some of us and say, no, no, no. 
I, I don't know. I don't want to trust. I don't know if God can deal with my situation. Can I tell somebody in this place, there's not one situation that you're facing that God has not already seen thousands, perhaps millions of times before. There's not a situation that God has, that you that you can bring to God that he has not delivered. And Come on, let it be cancer. I've already seen him heal cancer. Let it be diabetes. He's already healed. Come on, let it be depression. He's already healed depression. He's already healed anxiety. He's already, come on somebody. He's a well-proven help. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I've come to preach to somebody. You need to make up your mind. I'm going to put my faith in him. I'm going to put my trust in him. be the only one in your family living for God but can I tell you you're going to make it because God is going to help you you may be the only one in your school young people standing for holiness but can I tell you you're going to make it can I tell you God is going to help you in this place God is going to deliver somebody from the crippling effects of your doubt and your fear God is going to deliver somebody from the voices of this world right now come on I'm preaching to somebody right now the devil's tried to convince you to walk out of this place give up on God throw in the towel because God doesn't really care about you I've come to tell you God does care about you but you just got to make up your mind and move towards him you got to make up your mind I'm going to move towards you in faith somebody lift up your hands right now and pray somebody lift up your voice right now come on you're going to get the Holy Ghost today come on God's going to save your life today because he's the God that wants to help you. But here's the thing. About allowing God to help us. God will not help us if we do not first help ourselves. To the best of your ability, you have to give God something to work with. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect in your world before God helps you. That's not what I'm preaching. But at some point, you have to cry out to God in desperation. God is a gentleman. God is not going to force himself upon you. God will work in your life. God will try to provide you with opportunities. God will present you with moments of opportunity for you to give your life to him, for you to open yourself up so that he can help you. But can I tell you, God will not ultimately force your hand. At the end of the day, the decision as to whether or not he will help us is not up to him. It's up to us. You find Asa. Asa is in a very similar place. Asa 
was in need of the help of the Lord. And the Bible says that Asa, this, this king of Israel, his father was an evil man in the presence of God. He did evil before the Lord and he, he set up things in, in, in Israel that blocked God from having access to the children of Israel. But the Bible says that Asa understands, Asa knows that God, if I'm going to allow you to help me, if I'm going to allow your presence to change some things in my life, I can't just depend on you to do something, but I got to do something. So the Bible says that Asa begins to remove everything in their lives that is blocking God from having access to them. The Bible says that he did good in the sight of the Lord and he took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down Asherim and commanded Judah to seek the Lord. Because let me tell somebody something. If you need something from God, you have to seek God. If you need something from the Lord, you got to do something. You got to make up your mind, uh, any sin, uh, anything in my life, any idol, any high thing uh, that's blocking God from having access to me. uh, I'm going to get rid of it in my life. Uh, Can I tell somebody, uh, you can't come into this place playing games, uh, but you got to make up your mind. Uh, God, I need a life change. Uh, God, I need something to be transformed in my life. Uh, Therefore, I'm getting rid of everything that's not like you every sin every every influence anything that's blocking you from having access to me I gotta get it out of my life and the Bible says he commanded Judah to seek the Lord. Can I tell somebody, you need to learn in this place to seek the Lord. And when you seek the Lord, can I tell you, he will be found of you. When you make up your mind to seek him, when you make up your mind to go after him with all that's within you, God will come down and he'll begin to transform your life. He'll come down and he'll begin to turn your situation around. But you got to seek his face. God, I want you to come help me. Yet there are things blocking God from having access to us. God, I need you to do some things in my life. God, I need you to turn some situations around. God has said, I want to. But there are still some things that are blocking my access to you. I'm I'm standing... I'm standing on the edge of heaven just just waiting. We we find in our scripture text, uh, the Bible says that there's none like our God, O Jeshurun, who rides upon the heavens. Uh, That that phrase, rides upon the heavens, uh, is a a poetic way of saying God has all the power of the heavens. God who spoke the world, the heavens into existence. Uh, His power, his authority is, is, is waiting to move. God is riding on his power and his authority, getting ready to help you. But if you don't first help yourself, If you don't first consecrate yourself, if you don't first say, God, I'm going to seek you. Come on, if you don't pray even when your body is sick, if you don't seek the Lord even when you can't get up out of bed, can I tell you, healing is not going to come. But when you make up your mind, even in the midst of my sickness, to seek the Lord, even in the midst of my depression, to seek the Lord, can I tell you, that's when God will come down. That's when the presence of God will come down. That's when God will begin to ride on the heavens to help you. Oh, somebody lift up your voice and praise him.
Somebody lift up your voice and worship right now. Bible. Bible says that. Asa commands Judah to seek the Lord. And when he does, the enemy comes. Bible says that Asa has 300,000 men. But the enemy, the Ethiopians, they have a million men. So we understand that the odds are stacked against Asa and the children of Israel. But Asa had already done what he needed to do in blocking or rather clearing the way so that God could have access to him. And we find that Asa... Verse 11 cries out unto the Lord. He says in verse 11, O Lord, there is none like you. Says the same thing that Moses says in his prayer. O Lord, there is none like you. Not because you're great and you are great. Not because you're powerful and you are powerful. But God, there is none like you. Because you help me. There is none like you to help. Between the mighty and the weak. God, you're no respecter of persons. You'll help those that have everything and you'll help those that have nothing. You'll help those that have been living for you for 50 years. And you'll help the person that's been living for you for five days. That hasn't even, can I tell somebody, you don't need pedigree for God to help you. You don't have to have it all right in your life for God to help you. You don't have to have the right last name. You don't have to have a million dollars in the bank. But Asa lets us know there is none like you, God, to help. You'll help the mighty and you'll also help the weak. You'll help those that have everything and you'll help those that have nothing. All you're looking for is somebody that'll cry out to you. All you're looking for is somebody that'll get desperate for you. All you're looking for is somebody that will cry out to you. God, you'll help the mighty. You'll help the weak. You'll help those that have everything. And you'll help those that have nothing. Because that's the type of God you are. Cries, help us, O Lord, our God. For we rely on you. I love this part. And in your name we have come against the multitude. And then he says, oh Lord, you are our God. And here's what I love. I love this. Asa is standing with a dilemma in front of him. Asa is standing with an adversary and an enemy in front of him. And yet Asa understands That when I allow God to help me, the situations and the problems are no longer facing me, but they're facing him. See, some of you think that you're by yourself, but can I tell you, when you align with God, when you join hands with God, when you cry out to God, it's no longer between you and the situation. But at that point, it's become personal to God. And God says, okay, devil, this is my opportunity for me to show you sickness. This is my opportunity for me to show you how this is not just about you. And now it's personal. He says, oh, Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. He said, God, 
I put it in your hands now. It's not about the situation. It's about you and the situation. God said, that's all right. Now it's personal. Now I'm getting ready to show up. Now I'm getting ready to show out. You've cried out unto me. And now I'm getting ready to show this world how great, how awesome, how mighty I am. Can I tell somebody, you need to pray some prayers so that God will begin to take it personal. Come on. God will begin to take your situation personal and prove how great and how awesome he is. Come on. That depression is not facing you. It's facing him. That sickness is not facing you. It's facing him. That dilemma is not facing you. It's facing him. And I've come to tell you, uh, there is no one uh, that can stand up uh, to the power, to the might, uh, to the authority of Jesus' name. Come on, God is fighting for me. I'm not by myself. God is with me. I'm not by myself. God is for me. I'm not on my own. He's with me. Oh, somebody needs to hear that right now. Oh, somebody needs to receive that word right now. God is moving. God is moving. They cry out for help. God says, okay, I've been met with a challenge, and I've never seen a good challenge that I can't overcome. See, God will allow things to happen. You think God's been caught by surprise by your situation? He hasn't. What, what happens? I believe it was blind Bartimaeus. It's a blind man. I don't remember if it was Bar- I believe it was Bartimaeus. We, we, we know the story. They, the disciples come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, this man has been blind from birth. What did his family do? Jesus says, oh, no, this is personal. His family didn't do anything. But I'm getting ready to prove to this situation. I'm getting ready to prove to this world that I am who I say that I am. And the reason he's been afflicted is so that I can show the world I'm God. I'm on the throne. I have the power. Come on, somebody. God might be taking it. The reason you're afflicted right now, you might not have done anything. But if you'll cry out to help, God says, I'm going to take this personal and show the world just how great I am. I'm going to show the world I still have the power. I still have the authority. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Lift up your voice and pray right now. Jesus. Come on, the Spirit of God is moving right now. Come on, the power of God is here right now. 
Come on. Come on, he's a well-proven help. He's in this room right now. Depression, you got to leave. Addiction, you have to leave. Musicians, I want you to come. Musicians, singers, I want you to come right now. I want you to keep praying as they come. Keep praying as they come. Bible lets us know that as Asa cries unto the Lord, as Asa lifts up his voice, cries and begins to seek the Lord. The Bible says that God comes in and the Lord broke the army of the Ethiopians in their sight and they got victory over their situation. Can I tell somebody right now in this room, God is here to do the same thing for you. I want you to stand all across this room getting ready to end. But see, some of us in this room right now, might not be all of us, but there are many of us that are like, Brother Wilson, that's a great thought. That God can help me. But truth be told, if I open myself up to God, today if I step out exercise my faith and God helps me what if he helps me and then leaves me because you've experienced things in your life before where people have in moments helped you and they leave and they turn their backs on you. They leave, they never speak to you again. Some of us have experienced moments where God has healed our bodies and then a week later another sickness comes knocking. What's the use of me praying for God right now? Because if he helps me Will it be like everybody else in my life and just leave me? But I, I want to encourage somebody. When God helps you, God does not leave you. When God, when you cry out to God and give God access to your heart, give God access to your emotions, 
give God access to your mind and to your spirit. God does not just come in and then throw you away. But when God comes, he creates a place for you. Listen to what Moses says. Moses continues on to say after saying there's no God like Jesh, like our God, oh Jeshurun, that, that's going to help you. He continues on to say in the next verse, the eternal God is your dwelling place. <laughs> and underneath are the everlasting arms. Moses is saying, God, you're a God that helps us. But when you help us, Lord, you don't just leave us. But there's, there's a place that you create for us, Lord, uh, where, where we can be near to your side. And, and like, there's a place for us, Lord God, where we can have peace and, in the midst of turmoil and joy in the midst of pain. Uh, there's a place, oh God, uh, that you cre- when we allow you to help us, God, uh, you create a place for us where we can dwell uh, and find shelter and find peace. Uh, and although I might not feel it, uh, and although Though I might not understand it, I'm in your arms. I'm in your place. I'm with you, God. Doesn't always feel like I'm with you, but Lord, I can rest assured that I'm with you. Doesn't always feel like I'm underneath your arms, but I can rest assured. Will you help me? You stay with me. You see, Sharon, this little girl that I told the story about earlier true story from that moment on Sharon didn't realize it because Sharon wasn't a church girl she didn't know anything about God her family didn't have anything going for them but when Sharon cried God said alright Sharon now that you've cried you're right here beside There's a place for you. Sharon went throughout her life. Didn't understand how everything was. Went through a lot of things. Went through a lot of pain. But in the midst of that pain, she was right. Even, yes, she couldn't see it. She couldn't understand it. But she was right beside him. And one day, Sharon walked into a church just like this. Put that second slide up. She's about this age. Walked into a church. Didn't know. Anything about this type of church, apostolic, Pentecostal church. She came into that church because God had had led her there. She was the entire time, 15, 20 years later, here she is in an apostolic service. The presence of God begins to move. She told me, she said, Brother Wilson, she said, I didn't know what I was doing there. I didn't know anything, she said. But when I came down to the front, she said, and I lifted my hands in that altar for the very first time. She said, all of a sudden, she said, I felt something come over me. And those same arms that wrapped around me in that room, she said, in that moment, they wrapped around me. She said, I opened my eyes. I said, this is... This is what was in my room. 
She said, this is it. This is what was it? This is it. This is God. This is the God that was in my room. And she lifted up her hands, closed her eyes, and right there, for the very first time, God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And she began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave her the ability. Because when God helps you, creates a place you're under his arms and now I want to go to that last picture that was several years ago now Sharon that's her right there to the left with her grandbabies some of you might recognize them that's sister Karecha her son is Brian Karecha her son-in-law is brother I believe is Harold Linder in North Carolina I've preached for them many times incredible pastor incredible man of God See, you don't, you, don't know it, you don't know everybody's story. See, you, you might come into this place today and see some people that look really nice and think they always had it together and God always blessed them and their family always looked like that and they never came from anything. But can I tell you in this place, there are people just like her that God helped. And you're not alone and you're not by yourself. And you're not too messed up, and you're not too hurt, and you're not too broken. Your family's not too broken, not too, that God can help you. And if, if God can do it for Sharon and turn her entire family tree around uh, and cause for her family tree to be a, a family that is now sending ministers out uh, into the entire world preaching the gospel, can I tell you, God can help you uh, and do the same for you in this place today. But as I stated earlier, you have to allow God to help you. So here's what I here's what I want to do. If you need something from God in this place, healing, salvation, deliverance, whatever the case may be, I want you to join me at the front right now. As a matter of fact, can we have as many as can? Would you join us at the front right now? I know for some, it's some of you, you're taking a leap of faith. You're taking a step, and you've never done anything like this before. But God's getting ready to help you in this room. I love, love sharing this story because it's very personal to me. Every, you can ask my wife just about every time I preach somewhere for the first time. And even, even I'll tell this story over and over again because I wanted to build people's faith. Because a lot of times we think that people that are here, as I stated earlier, they've always been this way, right? They've always screamed and shouted and jumped around like a banshee, you know, acted crazy at a Pentecostal church. That's not the case. At some point, they open themselves up and allow God to help them. Can I tell somebody the greatest way in which God can help you in this place is for you to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the Holy Ghost before, it's the will of God that you receive it before you leave today.
you've never spoken with tongues before, it's the will of God that you be filled with God's spirit and you begin to speak in a heavenly language. But you've got to allow God to help you. My dad was a good man, uh, a Christian man. But um, he didn't really believe, was not so convinced that the Holy Ghost was real. Didn't really believe that the Holy Ghost was for people today. And um, so they have been going to this, to Pentecostal type churches for a while, but this, I believe this was their first time at this particular church. And they walk in and you know, you know how Pentecostal church, you know how we are. You know, we're screaming and jumping and shouting and, and my dad's looking around like, Man, these people, y'all, y'all crazy, you know? I mean, they're, they're going, and my mom steps out from the pew, goes down to the front, and she lifts up her hands, and right there in the, in, in the front of that church, God fills her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and she begins to speak with other tongues as God's Spirit gives her the ability. And everybody was so happy. And so excited and overjoyed for my dad except for one person. Or for my mom rather, except for one person. My dad. She gets back to the seat. He's looking at her like, girl, what has got into you? He said, Christine, what happened? She said, Ron, I just got the Holy Ghost. He said, you got what? She said, I just got the Holy Ghost. She said, I went up there, I prayed, I repented of my sins, I lifted my hands, and I began to speak in tongues. I began to speak in a language I never heard before. It was awesome. My dad's looking at her like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You mean to tell me, you went up there, you lifted your hands, you prayed a prayer, and you spoke in a language nobody taught you before. She said, yes, I'm telling you, it's real. He said, i tell you what. He said, I want to speak to the pastor. So they go back to the pastor's office, Pastor Childers. <laughs> He's sitting in his office. My dad marches in, you know. He says, Brother Childers, my wife just told me she got the Holy Ghost. What do you got to say about this? Brother Childers looks at my dad and says, Listen, Ron, I didn't say she got it. She said she got it. You ask her. My dad looks back at my mom. He says, you mean to tell me you just got the Holy Ghost? You mean to tell me you just spoke in a language that you have never heard before? She says, yes, I'm, I'm telling you. The Holy Ghost is real. I just got it. He said, all right. He said, I tell y'all what. He said, if the Holy Ghost is real, I'm coming back tonight and I better get it. And he walked out the door. you know what my dad did between that morning service and that night service he blocked everything that had access or blocked or removed everything that was blocking God from having access to him and for him it was his doubt that he removed that doubt and said God whatever you need to do it's the doubt okay 
now you have access to me. Thou, you got to go. And when he came into that night service, he came in and he began to cry out unto the Lord like Asa did. He began to worship and praise and magnify God. Because here's the thing. Some of us think that faith is, is when you have zero doubt. No, no, no. You see, doubt has to exist for faith to exist. Faith is moving beyond your doubt. If doubt did not exist, there would be no such thing as faith. But my dad moved beyond his doubt. And when you move beyond your doubt, when you move doubt out the way, doubt is still there, but you move it out the way. That's when faith begins to work. And my dad moves into the realm of faith and saying, God, I'm believing that something is going to happen. And he went to the front and he began to praise and worship God. And can I tell you, he didn't get the Holy Ghost like my mom did in that worship service. He didn't get it right then, and, and, and he could have got discouraged. He could have got down in the dumps, but he didn't. He, 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 he just kept worshiping and praising God. And, of course, the preacher was preaching a message. Brother Childers, he was preaching this message, and you guys will get a kick out of this because we're in the South. They don't get this type of stuff in Maryland where I've lived the past eight years. But the preacher is preaching a message, and the name of his message is, I know God can, but will he? And he's preaching this, you know, this is at my dad. It's really what he's preaching. He's preaching to one person that night. It's home missions church. And he's preaching, God can, but you got to get rid of the will. you got to move into the realm of faith. And he combined the words will and he and made it willy. You know what I'm talking about? Like we do stuff like that in the south. You know, so he's preaching about, get rid of willy, brother. You know, he's preaching this right. And my, my dad is like, okay, get rid of willy. He's preaching it right at my dad. Get rid of willy, get rid of willy. My dad said, okay, i got to get rid of willy, get rid of willy. He's saying amen. And can I tell you the first time nothing happens? Second time he gets up to say amen, nothing happens. Several times throughout the course of that message, he, he stood up to say amen and nothing happens. But one time he stood up to say amen just to see it done several other times. But this time when he stood up, the Holy Ghost hit him like a lightning bolt. And forcefully he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the ability. He took off from the aisle, out of the aisle, running, spinning around in circles, praising and worshiping and thanking God. Finally, my dad settles in a heap of exhaustion at the front of that church. Lifts his head and Brother Childers is staring right back at him in the eyeballs. Looks at him and says, I told you it was real. I told you, if you allow God to help you, he'll come down and change your life. I told you, if you allow God to help you, he'll pick you up. He'll turn you around. He'll set your feet on solid ground. You just got to allow God to help you. So there's somebody in this room, you've never received the Holy Ghost before in your life. God is getting ready to do it right now. I'm going to pray a prayer over us in a second. But before we do, I want us to do what the Bible instructs us to do in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter and the apostles are standing there. People are getting the Holy Ghost for the first time. They say, Peter, what's going on? These people must be drunk. Peter says, no, people, they ain't drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. You ever seen anybody drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning? I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. Brother Pete, it's exactly this is that which was spoken of of the prophet Joel. This is not people being drunk like you think they're drunk. They're drunk on new wine. They're drunk on the Holy Ghost. 
says, okay, what do we need to do? And then in Acts 2 and verse 38, he says, first, I need you to repent. He says, repent, then be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so what we're getting ready to do right now is we're getting ready to do step number one that Peter instructed us to do. Because if you want the Holy Ghost, you've got to repent. What are you doing when you're repenting? You're clearing everything that's having, that's, that's blocking God from having access to you. You're getting rid of the filth. You're getting rid of the mess that's in your life and saying, God, I want you to have complete access to me. So right now, in your own words, I want you to begin to ask for God to forgive you of your sins. I want you to pray a prayer of repentance. Come on, I want you, if you've never received the Holy Ghost and you want it today, if you've never received the Spirit of God, if you've never spoken with other tongues as God's Spirit gives you the ability, I want you right now to lift up your voice and begin to pray. As a matter of fact, everyone in this room, can we pray together? Can we turn this into one gigantic altar right now? God, I pray that you would cleanse me. I pray that you would wash me and renew me, Lord. I want to be clean. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous like you. I want to be pure. I want to walk and talk like you. Cleanse me and purify me, God. Purify my mind. Purify my heart. I give myself to you. I give my heart. I give my mind. I give my soul. I give everything to you, Jesus. Come on, for a few moments right now, let's just cry out to the Lord. If you've never prayed a prayer of repentance before, it's simply you just saying, God, I'm sorry. It's simply you saying, God, I'm tired of the way that I've been living, and I want to live for you now. I'm tired of the way that I've been doing things, and I want to do things for you now. That's all repentance is. So in your own words, with your own, with your own mouth, and in your own way, I want you to just ask for God to cleanse and purify you right now. Oh, God, wash us. Wash us, Lord. You took nails in your hands, Lord. Hands and in your feet, Lord. You shed precious blood so that we can do what we're doing right now. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.